Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, uh, have you ever been let down by somebody that was really important to you? Did they break your trust, and now you need to trust them again? So how do you rebuild trust with somebody that's hurt you? Do you give it, or do they have to earn it? We're talking about trust, how to rebuild it, up next on the Matt Townsend Show. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. In response to the latest mass shooting, President Barack Obama has created a gun control task force to find ways to stop future tragedy. Headed by Vice President Joe Biden, the group should have recommendations by the end of January. The president is also focused on the fiscal cliff today, saying it's puzzling House Republicans have not yet accepted his plan to avoid the fiscal cliff. In his words, he has come at least halfway to meet their demands. Three top State Department officials have resigned on the heels of a scathing inquiry blaming poor department leadership for the security deficiencies that allowed attackers to kill three Americans and Ambassador Chris Stevens at the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya. Military officials are planning to seek the death penalty for Staff Sergeant Robert Bales, who is accused of killing 16 Afghani civilians. The date of his court-martial is still pending. General Motors has been given the approval to buy back $5.5 billion worth of its own shares from the Treasury Department. The Treasury Department invested a total of $50 billion in the company as part of the auto industry bailout. A powerful winter storm is blowing across the country today, putting a hitch in holiday travel plans nationwide. There is a winter weather warning in 16 states today, making driving conditions dangerous and delaying airline flights. Winter in the U.S. may be inconvenient, but in Russia it has become deadly after a cold spell dipped temperatures to what feels like 50 below. 45 people have frozen to death over the last week. Park Gwon-hai has won the presidential race in South Korea, making her the first female president in the country's history. She is the daughter of a former president who helped transform the country after the Korean War. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your life coach here, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this show to help you uh, grow a healthier, smarter life. Welcome to the program, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, Have you ever been out there dealing with one of these humans who let you down? Just somebody, I don't know, Madison, let's ask you, somebody you were maybe dating, that uh, was dating with me and it always happens to involve an older man for some reason and they always happen to be you know over 30 well (laughs) which you can't trust hello but that's an accident mom and dad she's just a really bad judge of age (laughs) who cares about character age is what's important that sounds bad but so okay we're talking trust today right yes have you ever okay do you do you earn trust or do you give trust Honestly, at the beginning, like I'll trust people like a little bit. I kind of have like degrees of trust, you know. There's like on a scale of one to ten, I'll give them like a five. Five trust. Five or four, you know, when I first meet them. 
But then depending on their actions, like when I interact with them, it can go up or down. Yes. So. Interesting. So let's say that they you gave them a five and then they they earn what would seem eventually over time to be they're like perfect. Then they're a 10. Yeah. Then they just really nail you and do something wrong. Honestly. Then you're if, back to a one. For me, if they did something like truly terrible, they'd probably just go back to a four. Wow. Because it's kind of like you trust them a little bit. It, I mean, it kind of depends on the bad thing. But for me, like I. What if it involved laundering money? And uh, the mafia. Okay. Um, well, Three. Maybe like <laughs> That's a... low areas of trust in a part of your life. Okay. Okay. So, this is complicated, isn't it? Because And it's, it's universal. Now, Bryce never has this problem because he has a very simple rule. Trust no one. Trust no one. <laughs> no one can let you down. No one you don't can let you down. Them. But then you never get close to someone. Which I don't know if that's a bad thing. You have to trust like the doctor. <laughs> You well, got, he goes. He's, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's got to do the surgery. Well, he does, or but she. also, you know, there's malpractice, which is kind of a it's yeah. kind of a rude thing to do. But, but I so mean, it's like you're saying truth. trust, but I could sue you. <laughs> I trust you, but I still have the trump card here. Like, okay. no, you, that's rude. Did you guys hear of, um, that one happenstance or something where like a guy, um, like his wife was going through something like something like ordinary, but he took a video camera the entire time and video videotaped like every interaction with the nurse, oh, every interaction with the doctor. All I'm saying is like, I heard this from That's the- That's not a bad idea. Well, from the viewpoint- For a low trust world. <laughs> right? Right? Keep going. From the, from the, blech, from the viewpoint of the nurse, yeah. I mean, she was just kind of like, uh, get that camera out of my face. You know? <laughs> Don't but... make me go crazy at <laughs> or, you. Exactly. Or like in Russia, there's a lot of insurance scams. Uh, so a lot of people are getting uh, dashboard cameras, video cameras hmm. for their car. Yes. Okay, which that's safe. Yeah. That's smart. Um, also, it's leading to tons and tons of videos on the Internet of how terrifying it is to drive in Russia. Yeah. Just terrifying. That's the problem. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're also realizing how horrible of a driver you really are. Okay. So we're going to be talking about trust coming up. We've got a, an expert, a, an author of a book, and a, a person that contributed a lot to a, a book written by Stephen M. R. Covey, which is Stephen Covey's son. The, the book's called The Speed of Trust. Our guest today is Barry Relaford. He'll be coming on in a little while. He also wrote the book called A Slice of Trust. And we're going to be giving some of those books away today. So if you have a question for our guest, our expert on trust, uh, I'd love to hear your question. Give us a call, 801-422-0143. 801-422-0143. And if you give us a call, we will send you a copy of the book Slice of Trust, and you'll also get to ask it to our experts. So we're taking your calls today. We'd love to hear from you. But before we uh, get too much into the trust issue, we've got to do some human headlines. Yeah. Right? Now, this is where we talk about all things human, all the great things that uh, humans bring to this world, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, of course, I use my team here because they've got so many good ideas. Who wants to go first with their first bit of trivia or stories? Well, I guess I can go first. Go first. Um. Well, something that I guess is a new practice that has been taken up is instead of, you know, if there's a premature birth, yeah. you know, from a baby, instead of taking blood from the baby, they can now take it from the umbilical cord. So See? That, yeah. So it's not going to hurt the baby. Not going to hurt the baby, won't take away the blood from the baby. I mean, this preemie, if it's a preemie, they've got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And take, having had six children... 
and having to sit through each one of them. There's so many little procedures. The blood that's got to be drawn, the the little surgery they sometimes do on the little fella. Uh, all of these little things that have to go on in it's just my it's horrible. So every time my son or my one of my children needed to be taken away for some other procedure like a they pricked a kid's foot for some test, I can't remember. Anyway, my wife would basically have a conniption. So if now that they can with these preemies, if they can just draw the blood out of the umbilical, umbilical cord. cord, makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. They even have like those banks, you know, where people can store that umbilical cord. Yeah. Honestly, I don't quite remember what it's for. Someone well, out there but you might know, what? know. But nothing better than that. You never know when you're going <laughs> to need blood or your baby umbilical cord or your placenta. Cord. Yeah. My here's another crazy truth. My mother-in-law um is a it was a teacher of health studies in high school and so with every one of our children she would take the placenta to school and show all of her students. Hmm. And my father-in-law's a doctor and he would you know just help cuz you know you can get in trouble carrying a placenta around. <laughs> so um anyway, yeah. very educational experience. Isn't that great? Glad it was educational for you. I don't know why. That just made me lightheaded. <laughs> well, we have a new board op today. Speaking yes, of trust Juan. issues. <laughs> you know what? So what did you do? What did you do with Skyboy? Well, you know, he you just disappeared. Him, I don't know where he went. Maybe Skyboy's out on a mission because he kind of is a superhero. <laughs> he is. I, I'm really trying to do as well as he does, yeah. reaching reaching for the Skyler, as it were. <laughs> it's, All that I can say, though, Matt, is you know how um, he's wearing that Spurs jersey yes. on Wednesday? Oh, that was it. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Spurs lost to the Jazz. He was talking smack about the Jazz. Yeah. And I was pretty sure the Jazz were going to win, and they did, and we haven't seen Skyler since. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Partially, you were at the airport picking up your daughter. That's true. But, I mean, actually, yeah. on Thursday, Thursday, he was a little bit nervous for the flack. Oh, that but... was the next day, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. So he did come back in, and then and then he had to flee the country. But, you know, you haven't seen him, so I he might have him. just been avoiding you. But I'm glad Juan's here, because Juan has got... Juan's about to graduate. I just graduated, actually, yeah. Oh, my word. Last Friday. You look, you look different. You look older, You look more older, dignified. more mature. Well, now I can talk about my college days, you know. <laughs> yeah. Plus, what's with the robe? You don't need to wear the graduation robe all Get week. that hat off. And, yeah, exactly. The hat's a little much. So what's your news, Juan? Well, I got this. Speaking of college days, I had to stay in a dormitory, which was cinder block all the way up. Oh, yeah. It was like a vertical prison like we yeah. were talking about before the show started. And uh, then I saw this headline, two inmates escape from high-rise, high-rise jail in Chicago. And it was the exact same thing. See? Just like you escaped. It They've was, escaped. I, just like I wanted to, but these guys pulled Those it off. So two prisoners prison. actually escaped in Chicago. But in all seriousness, these guys, they did escape from jail. They How did they do it? Well, it's this, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of jail escapes? How I do they get of, out? Uh, well, I think you have to dig a hole. Okay. Good answer, but not for this one. Then On, you have to oh. have a file. Somebody gives you a file in the cake and you cut through the bars. Okay. Well, they do. They had some fake metal bars. They weren't actually metal, but they had fake ones to replace the old ones they took out. Those apparently. guys are sneaky. And bed sheets. The oldest trick in the book. They using hide bed sheets a to bed climb sheet. Out. That's pretty smart. It. You know, I've recently gotten addicted to prison break. And so, you know, honestly, what happened in my yep. mind was like, oh, so they designed a tattoo. And Is this a oh, – prison break's a, a, play, a show, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was like, a, like an app. Because no. my kids play an app where they have to get out of prison. I can't. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, might not be good. This is the real deal. <laughs> so, at risk youth. 
But what what floor were they on? Oh, well, it's a 27-story floor. Facility. I'm trying to see how high up they were. High enough to need bed sheets. Twenty stories down. Twenty stories down. They scaled down the building. That's, That's a, a lot, lot of bed of sheets. sheets. Wow. You know what, though? They must have worked in the laundry. But seriously, yeah, actually, if you can break out of something that you have thousands of men thinking of breaking out of every day, mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. That's well, amazing. And it talks about how the design of the prison it was triangular. So that there would be better lines of sight for the guards and everything. Mm. So they were thinking about this. Oh yeah, but somehow they pulled it off. Wow! You know what? I it's bet kind of brilliant triangle. It really is, and we're not that. trying to say you should break out of prison. No, no, but no. Man, no. you gotta just seriously respect a guy that can. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it's just kind of say. like you know how you have the respect for Houdini. You know, got out uh, of the handcuffs. Chris Angel, kind of not quite. Sh- yeah. You well, know, but they weren't in jail out, so. in Chicago. Yeah. Holy cow. That's cool. Good good news for those two. <laughs> Bad news for the whole community <laughs> around there that are now probably worried yeah, to death. Actually, do we know what they were convicted of? Uh, one guy here, it says he stole $600,000 when he robbed a bank. Yeah, oh, wow. He threatened some people in the courtroom, yeah, apparently. Lots, lots of stuff. These were bad guys. Okay. Bad guys out on the loose in Chicago. Hope you're okay there, everybody. Um, okay, here's one for you. Police officer, did you hear this story? So imagine you're just totally destitute. You're poor. You have no money. College student. College. Right. Imagine you're a college student <laughs> um, that just graduated. I, I can relate. Oh, like actually, you too. Sorry. <laughs> and as you're sitting there, you're um, you're you're you get pulled over by the police. Okay, and you get a ticket for I guess speeding in the truck. There's yeah, I can't see it. Uh, you get pulled over, hmm. but in when you get pulled over. You literally don't. Oh, it's because you ha- you have an expired registration. You haven't mm. done your registration for your car, uh, but you can't afford your registration because you're poor. You lost your job. You have no money. So Gosh. the cop pulls you over, asks you why don't you have your registration and why you haven't had it done yet. He says the guy says I don't have money. I just don't have the money to do it. His name is Hayden Carlo, who was pulled over by a police officer in Plano, Texas, which is northern Texas. And the cop basically says, uh, you know, I don't have the money to do it. So the officer says, give me a minute. He goes back, checks out, checks out uh, Carlos and tries to uh, – Hayden Carlo and figures out what's going on. Basically, the long and short of it is uh, the cop brings him back the ticket for the expired registration and a $100 bill oh, wrapped no into way. it. Gives him the ticket still, I guess, and the $100 bill to go get his license registered. Was it like a check it ticket, cool. you know? Yeah, it's probably a check it ticket and a so that's nice. and go get your car registered. Isn't that cool? That no, is that's, really uh, cool. that's Officer Billy McIntyre. He's awesome. Isn't that way cool? And there then uh, Mr. Carlo's grandfather wrote a letter mm-hmm. to this to the police department thanking him for this incredible act. And anyway, the guy the cop didn't really care that anyone finds out. He just did it. Service. So if you are mm. going to be pulled over, there's no better place than Plano, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> where they'll even help you out of it. Uh, he helped me out when I needed it, the guy says, and I appreciate that. I'll never forget the man. I definitely restored my faith in God, Carlo said. I mean, you've cool? got to be in a That's hard cool. place if you can't, you know, if it's like, okay, pay the car registration yeah. or my family mm-hmm. goes hungry. See, That's so hard. And, we, and, and especially when you need your car to work, you need your car to get to work. I mean, mm-hmm. Texas is kind of spread out. So yeah. you got to drive. You got to get yeah. rides and stuff. So if that doesn't restore the trust in the police department, I don't know what will. There's been a lot of stories lately about trust with police. Yeah, there really has the been. The guy, the cop that in New York that gave that one man some boots. Do you remember that mm-hmm. story? Mm-hmm. He went in and bought him mm-hmm. a pair of boots. 
Um, anyway, cops are doing it. Appreciate your work, all of you out there. Uh, any other news? Anybody else got some uh, bits of information? I do. What? Um, mm. Apparently, childhood abuse reports are down for the fifth straight year. Okay, now this is huge. Yeah. And pretty crazy. This is news we're not hearing about with this with the tragedy in Connecticut. We we're probably missing this really important bit of information. I mean, that is tragic. It yeah. it truly is. But I mean, this is really cool as far as um Six you know, straight parenting years. with the parenting angle, yeah. you know. You know, it's just that's so great that it's gone down so much. And but this is saying so over the last 5 years it's gone down how much? Does it say? Um, I don't know, Bryce. How far has it gone down? Well, significantly. It's 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 down. Um, it's not a whole lot. Oh, okay. It's down technically. And one thing to keep in mind: it's child abuse reports yeah. are down for the fifth uh, straight year. So maybe just the reporting's down. Well, they they talk about you know they've they've lost a lot of funding, so that could be part of it. Yeah. But at the same time, mm. if they've lost funding, that means their programs aren't. Maybe they're not they're working not, or well, cutting it or functional. It's it's that their program they don't have programs in place to, you know, teach people how to not be abusive parents. So it's kind of like, well, uh, they may yeah. not be getting as many, but they're also not preventing as many. So thinking, whatever, it's down. I, yeah. I think it has more to do with our show. Uh, it's us. That's right. And I don't want to always be about our show centric, but um I think our show is helping people find other ways to be better parents. Certainly. So we don't need to so what you're saying is we should get their money. We probably should. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for it because I'm sure they need their money. Especially they, substitute board ops. I mean, I'm, well, I, he's I have an agenda. I'm going to well, be honest Substitute here. recently graduated board ops. <laughs> That's a big deal, Juan. I think so. You've got my money. All right. Pay up. I will give you. I will, I did you not get it because I put it in your I, I put it in your on your desk. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't been there in a little while, so I'll go check okay. after the show. Yeah, go see. Uh, it's in pennies, so you'll know. Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's on yeah. a dolly. It's a big bucket that's, of pennies. That's almost like passive aggressive. Yeah, paying almost, someone in all almost. pennies. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was like that rumor of um, wasn't it like Samsung had to pay back Apple like for some yeah, soup a billion, or something. Yeah. And so there was a rumor going around that they paid it back in, like, nickels and dimes or something. Did it happen? But that would have been hilarious. Well, there was a girl in my high school who actually did it. She got a parking ticket, and I think she deserved the ticket, but that's beside the point. And she paid the fine in pennies. She went around asking people for pennies uh, because all the students hated the guy who gave her the ticket. And And she paid it in pennies. It was only, like, 20 bucks, you know, but it was the principal. 20 bucks in pennies. That's still a lot of pennies. That's pretty heavy. That's really heavy. Jeez. See, no wonder we don't have trust in this world. Well, just know, imagine right? being the guy and you're just like, are you Thanks kidding me? Thanks for the pennies. I'm going to need you to count these now to make sure you paid in full. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, kids, uh, we're bringing on uh, a guest later today. So if you're out there and you have trust issues because people pay you back in pennies <laughs> or because, uh, you know, someone's hurt you, a partner that you trusted in, that you had committed your life to, left you high and dry – uh, trust is a huge issue. We're going to be tackling this whole idea of trust. We're bringing on in a little bit Barry Relliford, uh, who works for Franklin Covey Company. He's a, a contributor to the books, uh, 
Speed of Trust, and has written his own book called A Slice of Trust. We're going to be giving that book away. If you'll give us a call with your question about trust, you'll get a copy of uh, Barry's book, A Slice of Trust. Give us a buzz, 801-422-0143. 801-422-0143. We'll take your calls and uh, have them answered by our expert, Barry Relaford. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's a super-powered battery without chemicals that turns at 60,000 RPMs and may wind up boosting your next car. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. You've probably seen a bicycle headlight powered only by a generator on the spinning front wheel. That's a simple version of a flywheel power storage system. Getting a heavy wheel spinning and letting it coast until you tap its kinetic motion energy back into electricity. NASA's Glenn Research Center has spent years perfecting flywheel energy storage systems for use in space applications like satellites. And flywheels now seem poised to replace batteries in many key power applications on Earth, from cars to backup power for hospitals. Spinning at a surface speed of Mach 2 in a vacuum chamber and levitated in frictionless magnetic bearings, flywheels built of super-strong composites can hold tremendous power in a smaller size than comparable chemical batteries, lasting longer with no chemicals to wear out. Flywheels have been tested in hybrid buses and could capture braking energy to give hybrid cars an extra boost of power for fast acceleration. Flywheels also work in computer data centers, instantly ready to cover power sags or blackouts, or as nighttime storage for solar or wind farms. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Listen to New York Times number one best-selling authors Richard and Linda Iyer as they discuss the topic they've written 25 books about, parenting in the modern world. Listen to their tips on Iyer's On the Road, Mondays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking trust and uh, how you recreate trust. How do you earn trust? Is it earned or is it given? We're going to answer and hopefully uh, get a lot of insight about trust because it seems like a lot of us don't trust. In fact, I've had a lot of clients come through my office recently and I say, so what's going on in the relationship? And she's just like, trust issues. They just throw it out to this concept. Trust. And then there's always a story behind the trust. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, so tell me more about the trust issues. Well, it's just it's just him and some stuff. So they don't want to get into the stories usually. Yeah. But trust, it impacts everything. Because if I can't trust you, how do we talk if we can't trust, right? Exactly. How do we solve problems if we don't trust each other? How do we... Um, how do we move on? How do we stay married? How do you employ somebody you don't trust? So in the end, uh, if we... A, are humans, we've got to at least have some ideas on how to do this trust thing. But B, we also have to figure out that sometimes people are just going to not, they're just going to make mistakes. And when they make a mistake, how do you rebuild trust? Now, I know none of you guys have ever made a mistake. Uh, right? I'm an angel. There we go. Okay. Well, Perfect. 
Anyway, we could talk about that. <laughs> Bryce gets a grin on his face. You know, you know, I don't, I don't trust you when you say that. <laughs> oh wow! See, see, what, I, you see oh, what I did there? I it's saw what you did there. That was it's really happening. good. Trust issue. I know. I'm subtle, but there's actual <laughs> video there, so we don't. We that's factual non-trust uh, because we know that she's not perfect. Because we know as a child, she stole some jewels. <laughs> At the age of four, they weren't jewels; they were rocks. She stole rocks from a okay, rock. Okay, for Juan's sake, I'm going to have to ask you guys about this. It was, have you not it heard this? Uh, no, I haven't. You did, have so, you not read the police blotter on oh campus? Oh my goodness! I try, but I can't keep up with everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was like four, five, really young. Teen. I <laughs> five teen. Yeah, exactly. five, that's, five, a, I, that's a number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I really wanted like this shiny blue rock. It was one of those things where there was like a whole bunch of rocks. You could put them in the bag, pay like two bucks oh, for yeah. the little yeah. bag. You know what I'm talking bag about? Bag of rock. Yeah. So there was like one blue one that I really really wanted. Mom wanted to get it for me. I took it. Felt guilty. Oh, oh let's let's say so what long. it is. You stole it. Yeah. No, I. You I said did. you took it. Oh, I stole it. There we go. Let's That's get a, our let's get our verbs right. That's a crime. Okay. <laughs> crime. So, and, and how old you were? Thirteen. No, I was like five. Okay. Or don't minimize it. Four. People always minimize their sin. <laughs> don't minimize but it. But pretty much the first time that I had ever told anyone was on air when we, we were talking. That. Yeah. That was her. So this has face. been <laughs> sitting around for like ten years then. Yeah. 10, 15 yeah. years. Well, and what she's <laughs> failing to talk about is the the person that used to run that little shop, he went out of business because people kept oh, stealing my rocks. No. My goodness. No, then no. when she was fifteen, the feds showed up <laughs> looking for the rock because the rock was really the most perfect blue diamond ever mm-hmm. on yeah. the face of the yeah. earth. Of course that's what happened. Well, it needs to go back to the Taj Mahal where it belongs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? And so, now and then we find this out after we've hired her. And what do you do with somebody you've hired that's got this jewel thief background? You It's a right to work state, baby. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> no, what you do is you put them on the radio and you grill them again and again and again. Again and again. I like so that then, better. Right? See? So that <laughs> this happened. That rocked our trust with you. No pun intended with the rock word. But um, that rocked our trust and now we're going to figure out how to rebuild trust with you. Okay. Because I actually had a pen, a really nice pen here that's missing. Wait, hold on. Is that an homage to another event another, where Madison stole oh something? Gosh, okay. Did she steal a pen? Do you remember? Do you not remember that one? No. We were trying to you see if pen, he could you? see who stole the pen. That was, uh, That's right. Yes. And you yes. stole a pen then, too. Okay, but Rob actually stole it. He just gave it to me. Accessory. Oh. Accessory exactly. to the crime. Yeah. Okay, Same okay thing. I'm okay. I am I'm okay so being glad we're talking about this because I forgot that I didn't trust you. <laughs> And I started trusting you again. But now that that's happened, I now have remembered that, oh, yeah, you can't be trusted. Starting to rethink. And <laughs> honestly, I've had a stomach ache ever since you gave me that chocolate today. Mm-hmm. It was really good German chocolate. I don't know, actually. like, what, third time's the charm or like three strikes you're out? Yeah. I don't know which one. So we got to find out if, should <laughs> I ever trust her again? <laughs> and then another one is she, her, her name is Madison Allred. But forever she went by Madison Alfredo. Oh my Juan. goodness! Oh. She was no. she had an alias, <laughs> Alfredo, uh, and then she's always like, "Oh, call me, uh, call me Madison Alfredo." My parents no, really love that. That's not okay. So Don't the story, lie. The story with that is just you know how people screw up everyone's names for some reason. Uh, someone, yeah, Juan Carlos Mijares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. You no, mean, exactly. everyone gets that. Majerus. Yeah. That's easy. Juan. And so for some reason, I mean like. 
Madison Allred. I don't know. It's nothing like super complicated spelling. It's spelled like A L L R D, like Allred. Oh, Allred. And someone, like a sub, looked at it and went Madison Alfredo, and I was like, "What the like? Not even close." So, so this is why we have trust issues. And because I'm glad me. we're going to have Barry Relaford on because <laughs> Barry is a good friend and he's going to help us figure out how we can bring you back into the fold, how we can <laughs> trust you again. And it's not even just Madison. It's I don't trust anybody um, no one. because I had Skyboy on board and then he just disappeared mm-hmm. after I told him the Spurs would lose. Yeah. And now Juan's here. And but for how long? But for how long, Juan? I mean, he graduated. His college days are behind Juan him. Juan could get a job. and Not like, like this isn't a job, Juan. Juan could get a job <laughs> tomorrow. Juan could go to law school. I could. Yes. <sighs> okay. The rebuilding trust. That is the topic. So if you're out there and you have been burnt by somebody, really, they hurt you, they have offended you, you can't trust them anymore, I'd love to hear your question or your comment on rebuilding trust. We are uh, bringing on Barry Relaford. Barry is um, the author of a book called Slice of Trust. He also worked very closely with Stephen M. R. Covey in creating the book Speed of Trust in the content, all the offerings around that. He's one of the lead facilitators on that. He goes around nationwide working with big companies like Procter Gamble, Kroger's, AT&T, Legos, the Defense Finance and Accounting Service, all of these big organizations to teach trust. We're going to be bringing him on after this break. But if you would like to ask him a question, and if you would like to also get a copy of his book, you need to call with a question or a comment. Give us a call, 801-422-0143. We will get you a signed copy of Barry's book, Slice of Trust. And we're going to attack this issue head on right after this, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. For the eighth straight season, the Cougars are going bowling. Touchdown! Listen in on December 20th as BYU heads to the Poinsettia Bowl for a matchup with their old Mountain West foe, the San Diego State Aztecs. Cougars take the lead! The Poinsettia Bowl is on BYU Radio. December 20th, tune in at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for pregame coverage of BYU and San Diego State with kickoff scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Here on your home for Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Three top State Department officials have resigned on the heels of a scathing inquiry, blaming poor department leadership for the security deficiencies that allowed attackers to kill four Americans at the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya in September. In response to the latest mass shooting, President Barack Obama has created a gun control task force to find ways to stop future tragedies. Headed by Vice President Joe Biden, the group should have recommendations by the end of January. The president is also focused on the fiscal cliff today, saying it's puzzling House Republicans have not yet accepted his plan. He says he has come at least halfway to meet their demands. Though the fiscal cliff remains a sore spot, Congress has been able to agree on a $640.7 billion will go to the defense spending next year. Despite a last-minute protest from Defense Secretary Leon Panetta to cut that number by $74 billion. 
General Motors has been given the approval to buy back $5.5 billion worth of its own shares from the Treasury Department. The deal will likely leave the government with billions in losses from the auto industry bailout. Holiday travelers are dealing with tough weather conditions today and will be throughout the week as a powerful winter storm blows across the nation. Winter weather warnings are in effect for 16 states today. Winter in the U.S. may be inconvenient, but in Russia it has become deadly after a cold spell dipped temperatures to what feels like 50 below. 45 people have frozen to death over the last week. Park Gwon hai has won the presidential race in South Korea, making her the first female president in the country's history. She is the daughter of a former president who helped transform the country after the Korean War. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking trust, and uh, we're bringing on a great expert and a good friend of mine, Barry Relliford, will be on in a minute. Um, but before we do, we've got to let Bryce do his little talking, right? So every consequence starts out with a choice, Bryce teaches us. There's always something that causes people to have trust issues, just like Bryce. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. We all have trust issues. Some are more serious and severe than others, but we've all got them. So here's some of my reasons why I've got trust issues. We've all had what I like to call a static tyrant. There's always some object that you have to touch, like a doorknob, a light switch, or a faucet that likes to attack you with static electricity. But it only does it occasionally. Often enough that you're always anxious about the impending assault, but not so often as to deter you from using the thing. For me, it was a door handle on my old car. Getting into the car was no problem, but that's how it gets you. The metal door handle on the inside was the tormentor. Every time I tried to get out of that car, I had to give myself this little pep talk. Don't worry, it'll only hurt for a second as it shoots an uncomfortable level of voltage into my fingers, which have the most sensitive sensory neurons in them, so I'll be able to feel every sudden detail of this attack. Sometimes nothing had happened. Sometimes there would be a tiny little shock. Other times it was bad enough to make me wince. And there was no pattern that I could find to stop it from happening either. It didn't seem to matter what I was wearing, what the weather was like, or how far I drove. But it was the never knowing just what would happen that always cut me to my core. To this day, I hesitate a little whenever I have to interact with a new metal door handle. How about another one? I'm sure there's someone out there that likes goats. I'll admit it, I don't like goats. I have trust issues with goats. I never know what they're up to. Most animals are easy to read after a little while. Goats are not. Maybe they just want to stand there and not get into anyone's business. Or maybe they just want to terrorize you. You'll never know. Goats always have that same dumb expression on their dumb hairy faces while they absently chew their cud and give you that dead look through their square pupils as they decide whether or not they're going to ram you, bite you, or just stand there calmly. Thankfully, I'm bigger than most goats now, so that's not really an issue. Regardless, I've always walked away from a goat interaction thinking, yeah, you'd be more useful in a sandwich. Or another one, now that I don't live at home, I have to deal with other people's traditions. You see, my mom baked all sorts of cookies. 
but there was always a pattern. Chocolate chip cookies looked like chocolate chip cookies. If my mom ever decided to put raisins in cookies, she always made oatmeal raisin cookies. Different smell, look, and texture than the chocolate chip cookies. She never attempted deception. But now that I'm out of the house, apparently this deception via cookie is pretty normal in other families. So let me set the stage for you. You're at a gathering of some sort. You arrive a little late, so the social groups have already been established. It's nothing new, so you decide to grab something to munch on. I mean, you gotta have something to keep yourself busy once you've picked a group to interact with, because you gotta sit there and wait until you've found the right moment to jump in and contribute to the conversation. So you grab something to drink and, oh, look, chocolate chip cookies. So you grab some and head over to whomever you want to talk to. Once you've attached yourself to the group, you take a bite into your horror, you realize that they're raisin cookies. And it's not over. You have two more cookies in your hand. So you have this mouthful of disappointment, and you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You could swallow that bite and eat the rest of the cookies, but that would be like admitting defeat. That's definitely not an option. You could spit that chunk out into a napkin, but somebody's gonna see, and you don't want to be forever remembered as the guy that did that. You could get up and leave, but you just sat down. It would be weird to leave and come back. If you take off so soon, someone in the group may think that you don't like them or that you think you're better than them. So you just sit there with a full mouth. You can't talk or get involved in the conversation like you'd hoped. And your night was just ruined because of raisin cookies that look like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, raisin cookies, definitely not helping with my trust issues. But let's go all the way back to the source. It all started when I was two-ish. Now, I only know this story because it's been recounted to me by my sister, who tries to hold back maniacal laughter while telling it. One afternoon, she was folding laundry, and I walked by innocently as toddlers often do. But she, she saw an opportunity. So she unfolded a towel and put it on the ground in front of me and said, Hey, stand on this. So I naively did. And she pulled the towel out from under me, and I fell down hard. She laughed. I was stunned. She eventually composes herself, and before I get too far away from her, she put the towel down in front of me again. She said, stand on this, and I gave her a questioning look. She said, no, 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 I won't do it again, I won't do it again, I promise. So I stood on it, and she did it again. More laughter from her. Before I get too far away, she put the towel down in front of me for a third time. She tells me to stand on it, and I tell her no. She pleads and promises for a while that she won't do it again. So I stand on it, and she pulls the towel out from under me once again. After that, I was done. But if you ever hear her tell that story, she won't be able to finish without laughing her head off. And much like that day so many years ago, I'm less than amused. Sisters, another source of many trust issues. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Good work, BT. Bryce Tobin. um, Again, you know, a guy really wound up tight with a lot of trust issues. But we love you. And uh, he, I think he's dead on to something when it comes to those cookies because you can't trust somebody sneaking raisins where there should be chocolate chips or sneaking nuts into any cookie because it just makes me sick. So we're going to bring on our expert, uh, see if Barry can help us with this, if that really is the source of a trust issue. Barry Relaford is a co-founder and master facilitator with Franklin Covey's Global Speed of Trust practice. If you've ever been out to the bookstore and seen the book called Speed of Trust, Barry Relaford has had his hands all through that thing. It wouldn't have been there without him. He literally travels the country, Procter & Gamble, Kroger's, AT&T, Lego, he's done it all. He has a master's degree um, in what, Barry? It's a master's in labor and human resources from Ohio State. The Ohio State University. The Ohio State. Absolutely. Got to brand it. So, Barry, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Matt. You ready for this? I will see. Now, I know you know a lot about trust. There's a lot of people, I guess, apparently out there that don't trust each other. Is that common? Absolutely. 
What? Uh, okay, help us with this because a lot of people think they always say they have trust issues. So, definition. Let's define our terms. Great. So trust. What does it mean? Trust. So. Trust means a lot of things. It's both a noun. We could describe it as amount of trust, you know, like a trust account, as Dr. Yeah. Covey talked about it for years. But it's also a verb. It's something we do. So we trust we, somebody. We trust somebody. We entrust things to them. So yeah. the word I like to think about is the word confidence. I like that better. Yeah. So if you think about in Spanish, the word uh, for trust is confianza. Is that right, Juan? That Juan? is correct. That's Bing. correct. Confianza. What's the word, Juan, for uh, confidence in Spanish? Confianza. Same word. Isn't that great? In French. See, the Spanish do it right. Oh, so do the French. It's a romance. Yeah. It's Thanks the Latin-based so. words. Exactly. So the word in French for trust is la confiance. Uh-huh. 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 Ooh la la. It is French. <laughs> the word for confidence in French is la confiance. Same, Same word. See, that's the way it should be. Confidence. Well, in American English, we have more than a million words, more words in American English than yeah. any other It's because we're... We're just out. We're just kind of we're rebels. We just pick them up. We make them up. We, we didn't even them. care about the Latin base. Well, you know, we actually got about a third of our words from Latin. Are they? Okay. Yeah. So, so when I talk about trust or think about trust, I think about confidence because you can say self trust. Oh, I trust myself, but if you say I have confidence in myself, it's a different feel. That is totally different. Different feel. Same thing if you say in a relationship. You say I don't trust you to someone. Ooh. Fighting words. Oh, yeah, We're totally. into the deep. Yeah. What have I done? Integrity. Yeah. Well, it's like, whoa, are, yeah. are we there? Then wow. we have to defend it. and Versus saying, hey, I'm not sure I have confidence here. Or my and- confidence level is not what it needs to be in this project or in this thing we're working on. That's, That's different. It's safer. Totally. And it's almost um, – it's kind of like I don't it, – it's almost like a capacity. I don't have energy. I don't know how to explain it. I don't have what – I don't have bandwidth to trust you. It's like it's – I don't know. It's different. It's not yeah, like just a judgment of you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's more about me. Well, it's got a different charge to it. Charge so is maybe just, a You sit word. there because often we say, I don't trust you. We're into integrity, into who you are. Yeah. We're deep into your character. Yeah. And you play that card, you better be willing to back it up. Yeah, Whereas confidence is like, hmm, that wanes. wanes in myself. Mm-hmm. But if somebody says, well, I don't trust myself. It's like, whoa, you know, you need to go see Matt Townsend. Exactly. You need help. You need, help. You need more than that. That's, oh. uh, but confidence. Okay. So, so part of trust then by definition you're saying is confidence. Uh, it, it's an easy way to define it and I think it works it well. It, it simplifies it because trust – otherwise we'd spend all our time talking about what is trust. But it's, it's the thing that makes the difference. It's the thing that – I mean – it's the base of everything. Our relationships are Absolutely. Everything. We say in our book, the subtitle, The Speed of Trust, is that trust is the one thing that changes everything. Mm. And that's, oh, great marketing copy. But it's really true. Totally. I'm not saying it's the only thing. Yeah. But it is one thing that if you don't have it, everything else takes you a lot longer, costs you a lot more. You do have it. We have the basis for an effective relationship. Isn't that int- Confidence is if you don't have it, you're going to pay more. You bet. Like, look what we have to pay to get confidence in our country. Absolutely. We're paying all these other bills, all this mm-hmm. other stuff just to trust each other. Mm-hmm. Insurance. I mean, well, everything. At, if you go Police. through airport security. Yeah. I mean, it takes you longer. It costs you more than it did. And one could say, well, what are the alternatives? You right. know, and you say, well, we've got to have safeguards and protections. We do. But the, the question is, how much is enough? And That's when is true. it too much? And then you yeah. go like, wow, now it's bureaucratic. It's costing us all this. And uh, reputationally, I mean, it has all kinds of influences it's huge. globally. Well, if you think about it, all these politicians, they spent a billion dollars each, the presidents, mm-hmm. uh, in the presidency, mm-hmm. to build confidence mm-hmm. enough to win enough of the vote. Right. So – and interestingly, once you've won it, I mean, you'd think that if you had won it, 
like pre- President Obama, that should be easier the next time if we live in a trustworthy way, right? That we'd be able to keep confidences up, right? You'd so think. it's kind of the idea is that we can, once we get it going, you can keep showing I'm trustworthy and, and it should be easier the next time, ideally. But when we look at trustworthy, that word, uh, when it comes to trust, why do we trust people? Not just what's the word mean, but what, how, why do we have confidence in people? It ties into their credibility. Yeah. So is someone credible? And that's a different word than trustworthy. Trustworthy for most people goes to integrity. Are you a good person? Yeah. But Henry David Thoreau said, it's not enough to be good. You must be good for something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You need some result. Don't yeah. You? You, need, you need competence. You need yeah. capabilities. And you've got to deliver. And if you don't do that, that's where we've got almost half the country saying, gosh, I'm not sure about our president. That's interesting. And where they're saying, like, maybe we should, you know, elect somebody else, hire somebody else for the job. So really, it's too, it's it's character. We can totally respect, revere your character. You could be the most honest neighbor mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And I still won't let you operate on my heart. Right. Or watch my kids. But it's I can trust not your character. Sure. Right. Your great neighbor, yeah. which speaks to – when we think about trustworthiness or credibility, uh, there's a Gandhi quote. You, I'm sure you know. I don't have it exact. Yeah. But it's something like a man cannot be yeah. uh, true and or false in one area of life and true in all the others. Yeah. Life is one indivisible, indivisible whole. Yeah. And when I think that speaks to his character, who a person is, and that I think extends across all the different roles of our lives, whether per- personal or professional, competence is situational. You know, mm-hmm. if I drive a, tr- if I have the skills and the ability to drive a truck, yeah. that's something that you know I'm licensed to do, and I, but I got to right. be able to do it, especially for long periods of time. Yeah. But if I, you know, that I can drive a car it doesn't automatically qualify me to drive a truck. It, that's the true. Competence is different. Or to babysit a kid. Or I, mean, babysit I, I always kids. do the yeah. babysitting a kid yeah. thing. Would I let this person babysit my kids? So that's character. Or and I guess it could be competency. Absolutely. Does he know how to change a diaper? Does well, he know how to? And if there's an issue, what do you do? And some people, I say, yeah, I'd trust him with my money, but I wouldn't trust him with my kids because they wouldn't want to do have anything to do with me once yeah. they spend time with my kids. You that's know? such. Then, then they'd hate me. <laughs> that's right. But that is okay. So that's a that's pretty interesting. So if you're out there in listener land, um, I guess ask yourself: Do you do you bring if if somebody's questioning your trustworthiness, see if it's a character issue. Did they catch you doing something you shouldn't have been doing? Or is it a competency issue? Do you really not know what you're doing? Yeah, and we actually go deep. You know, many times people talk about trustworthiness. We go right to integrity. Who right. are you as a person? And the word integrity has a Latin root, integritas, yeah. which is has some other children in English. One of them is the word integer. So an integer is a whole number. Whole number yeah. Uh, people with integrity, there's a wholeness about them, who they are, what they think, what they feel, how they act. There's a congruence there. There's another aspect of character we talk a lot about, though, and that's intent. What's your motivation? Oh, int- yeah. Where do you want to go? Why do you want to go there? How do you want to go? You're trying to go it alone? You're trying to go with other people? And I'm sure in the work that you're doing yeah. that with couples, oh, there is oh, so huge. much about intent. No, it, totally. It's not that they're bad people. They no. don't lack integrity. Right. They're not disintegrating, falling yeah. apart. But the problem is, is their motives aren't, are right. they're aren't not pure aligned. or they're uh-huh. defensive. You know, They're yeah. getting into some of the things you describe in your book. They get into where they're withdrawing or they're pursuing. Yeah, and as they get into this whole it. thing, it's not working. And right. the motive is not serving, even though they're good people. It, you know, because we make it, it sounds so simple. But really, but just reading and understanding it, it's fairly basic, isn't it? I mean, this isn't brain surgery. No, I mean. As, but it's core. If I was, as I worked with Stephen M. R. Covey on this Speed of Trust work, it is typical Covey stuff. Yeah. It is packaged common sense. Yeah. 
But the yeah. challenge, as we both know, is Doesn't common work. sense yeah. is not common practice. And what we all need to yeah. work on, it's in the presence of the moment. You know, you've written about different levels of the brain. And when you get into the reactive brain and we're into these primal responses, we're not thinking higher level no. thoughts. We're not thinking, oh, what consequence will this choice produce in terms of the trust level in this person I care about? So in my true. extended family, What's the long term impact here? Yep. That's, uh, so trust, it's, it's, it has to be looked at today. It ha- my history creates my trust. My present creates my trust. My view of the future creates my trust. Which is another aspect of competence. When we look at competence, certainly look at capabilities. Mm-hmm. And we talk about what are your talents, what are your attitudes, skills, knowledge, style. It's an acronym, tasks right. is the okay. word. How do you match up your tasks to the tasks that need doing? So if I'm a long-haul truck driver... I better have the talent for that. I better have the attitudes. But I need some skills. I need knowledge and style. What's yeah. my way of doing that? Results is what you're speaking to. Yeah. And results, we have to think, well, it's what you delivered. Well, results aren't just historical or track record or reputation. But it's also what am I currently doing yeah. and what's the future expected results? Right. And can you have confidence in that? And this thing about character and competence doesn't, doesn't just apply to an individual. Right. It applies to organizations. Right. Is this an organization that can predictably keep doing this? Mm-hmm. If so, I'll trust it enough to invest in it right. or I'll trust it enough to keep going. Or do business with or it. Do bus- I mean, same thing with our government, mm-hmm. same thing with our politicians. Mm-hmm. So same in our marriage, with our garbage man, with mm-hmm. everybody in your life, it's, you, what we're looking for, I guess, is the predictability that trust brings. You bet. And it starts with do we trust ourselves? Yeah. Literally, it starts with self-trust. Do I have confidence in myself and am I giving to the people around me someone they can have confidence in? Love it. I don't make – you know, I can't make anybody trust me, but I can no. sure make it easier on them. Yeah, but you can also pay them and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. The problem is that's not – that's just costing you. So, you so to be more and more effective yeah. and efficient, we've got to find other ways to create unity than me bribing you, scaring you, intimidate. I mean there's a million ways to get you to move. Absolutely, and it's really inviting. People – uh, trust, as Dr. Covey taught, is the most compelling form of human motivation. Yeah. It is enduring. There are people, when we have people share stories about, well, why do you trust this person? And are they still living? So a quarter of the time people say, oh, no, that, that was a person that was my teacher back then, but they really helped me gain confidence yeah. in myself. And yet they're Love still it. having that influence. Okay. We're going to take a break. Great. We're talking to Barry Relaford uh, from Franklin Covey, master uh, guru facilitator. He would hate me to use the word guru because that's a very... But he's a guru oh, on wow. trust. You really are. We should talk about that in India. What guru? Yeah, is. let's see what that. Let's yeah. not go there. Um, is a co-founder uh, of the uh, Speed of Trust Global Speed of Trust practice at Franklin Covey. We'll be back with more from Barry. You be thinking though, uh, and we'd love to hear your calls. 801-422-0143. If you have a question specifically for Barry about how to rebuild trust in a part of your life, give us a call. 801-422-0143. You'll get a copy of his book. We'll be back right on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The future of soap might be magnetic. Stick around to find out more. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. You've seen pictures of soaps and detergents used to clean up oil spill messes on beaches and on animals. But soap itself doesn't belong in these natural situations either, so how do you recall or remove the soap from nature after it's done its job? After many attempts with various chemical and physical methods to control and remove soap from the things it cleans, a team from the University of Bristol thinks they've found a way to make soap magnetic. 
The magnetic soap has trace elements of iron mixed with bromides and chlorides, which are both common ingredients in mouthwash and fabric softeners. Experiments show the iron-rich soap is strongly attracted by a magnet. In fact, it can be manipulated through a water and oil mixture. This magnetic control of soaps could open up all kinds of possibilities, like a detergent that doesn't get washed away into rivers with each load and can be reused multiple times, or soap you can magnetically steer to its targets to avoid waste. The manufacturer that perfects this technology will surely clean up with it. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Sometimes truth comes uninvited. The Green Book, for instance. Its pages reveal so much. Who could have known or guessed that something this enchanting was ever real is still real or that it contains so much for so many. The Green Book will open its pages together when the time's right. We'll air daily episodes of The Christmas Chronicles at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend Show, we're joined by Barry Relaford. Barry is a uh, co-founder and master facilitator with Franklin Covey and uh, one of the co-founders of the Global Speed of Trust Practice, which is all about understanding the concept of trust. And the neat thing about Barry's work is he doesn't – it's not just a concept. You go out every day and teach corporations. Like I was just yesterday speaking to some – uh, YPO members, uh, um, young presidents of America, and um, talking about my stuff that I teach, and and then I brought up, but there, and there's a really great book if you want more on that. You really need to go see the Speed of Trust. And two of the seven presidents, they're you know fairly large companies in the room said, "Oh yeah, we're teaching that to all of our people right now." That's just random, mm-hmm. and. So you're out there teaching this to the government, the military, all over. So it's not just this fluffy idea. This is real life creating results. You bet. So, I mean, training, as I look at it, I used to teach language, uh, teach French at a language school not far yeah. from here. And one of the things I found about language is that uh, it's a means to an end. And genuinely, when I work with organizations or individuals, I say, you know, this today is really not about trust. Yeah. And they'll go like, well, what's it about? Well, say, why are we here? Yes, I thought you were the trust guy. That's I the say, bait and switch. <laughs> that's, no, and genuinely, I'll say to them and say, what are we here for? I say, it's about leadership. And the way we define leadership is that leaders get results. Right. They do it in a way that inspires trust or confidence with their stakeholders. And a stakeholders, anybody who has a vested interest in your success or failure. So that's a general mm-hmm. who wants to get results, mm-hmm. needs to be able to build trust with his leaders, his subordinates, the followers, everybody. Mm-hmm. His, his stakeholders, everybody that has a play. And he could depend upon command to do that. Mm-hmm. Could say, hey, look, you know, people will, will follow orders, yeah. particularly the military. Right. So much better, though, is if he can be able to have co- the confidence of the yeah. people who follow him, who literally will f- risk their lives. George Washington. Yeah, to say, hey, you know what? I want to go there, too. They, they, they're not managed. They're led. I love that. Leaders are chosen by followers, not by organizations. So trust is a principle of leadership at whatever level, personal Absolutely. level, family level. So as a parent, you can get results by order, by mandate, mm-hmm. 
or you can try to build and, and get results because they love you, they follow you, they revere you, they trust you. Absolutely. And it's not that they just trust and revere or love you. They also love and revere themselves and the principles yeah. that guide them there. It's not about you know, charismatic leadership yeah. and, wow, some people have it and there's little trust, trust dust we can sprinkle on people. Literally, trust is a skill. It is a competency. You can get good at this. This is not like some people go, oh, Matt, he's good. He was born yeah. that way. Uh, literally, you can learn this. You can get great at it. And people who understand it, it's kind of like interest on money, yeah. is that people who understand trust, they earn it, and people who don't pay it. It's just so like true. interest. It's so true. So Yeah, then we pay – we use every other method to try to motivate or move our child, mm -hmm. and then we end up paying for it. Right. And there's a couple of philosophers I like to quote, uh, Don Henley and Glenn Fry. I don't know if you know the yeah, yeah. But they uh, say every form of refuge Don has Henley. its price. Every and form of what has, has its price. Has its price. And yeah. we, so we can get results. I can command my kids to do stuff. I can punish them. I can withdraw things they want, even my love from them. Mm -hmm. And yet it, uh, they'll comply, but there's a price. Yeah. And particularly if you do that repeatedly over time, the price is, you know, where they just go like, hey, look, why do I want to be with you versus someone? And trust, by the way, it's not always soft. No. Nice. Like, you know, people think, oh, we're going to go talk about yeah. trust. Isn't this nice? Kumbaya. Like, it's tough. Right. It is tough stuff. In fact, funny you say kumbaya. I have never sung kumbaya with a group. I came really close with a group at Microsoft. And <laughs> they, were gonna like, they were saying, hey, at the end of the day, we'll sing kumbaya. And we forgot. We got so busy working on some real issues with a shared language. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we do is help people get language frameworks, tools where they can deal with the issues. I just was with a group a week and a half ago that said, we're having a conversation we've needed to have for nine months. And we just... You know, and reviewing some of this stuff as they went through it, they just they started really talking Isn't about that. this is what's going on. This is a tough, high tech, very operational group who are saying this is what's holding us back. But but having the trust in the room, and then I guess some tools for language mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. to process so we don't step on each other and break the trust. That's sometimes all you need really to change everything, mm -hmm. to change the symbols, mm -hmm. to change the. The understanding level, everything, um, that's a big thing I teach is that – if you think about this, we're on the edge of the fiscal cliff mm -hmm. and we don't even trust each other enough to get in a room and create the language per se to start to de deviate from these these kinds of things. And Any of it, us. And what's it doing to us as uh, citizens about our confidence and our yeah. elected leaders and the systems and structures that exist Yeah, where we've got literally hundreds of thousands of petitions to the White House saying people want to withdraw – from the United States. They want to be part of it because <laughs> right. they're saying, hey, look, this isn't working for me. Right. And the way you guys are going about solving this is not building my confidence. Isn't that amazing? And then again, and not to bring it down, but the shootings in Connecticut, uh, we are everyone's immediately jumping kind of to their pet peeve answers for how mm -hmm. we fix something. But to fix a complex issue, we have to have enough confidence in a conversation with each other that we can be open enough to looking at all of the solutions and the complexity of it. And all the things that contribute to where yeah. we got to where we're at. Exactly. Um, I think about this sometimes much like, uh, I know as I work with groups, I said, it's almost if you imagined in a room a net that strung, that, you know, the strings went from the ceiling to the floor and from the walls. And if you were to grab one of those strands and pull on it, yeah. it's what I heard uh, Neil Maxwell say once is yeah. that to isolate a principle leads to madness. And people get into one thing that and they say, little, well, and they play that one. And they pull on it. And when yeah. you pull on that one strand, what it does is distort everything uh -huh. around it. 
versus trying to understand, well, yeah, that strand is there, but what else? Uh-huh. And that's connected to this one. Network. If you pull on this one, it's pulling this one, which is why they're complaining. Yep. And this is where in couples, you know, somebody will mm-hmm. have a pet peeve and there's legitimate yeah. evidence to support totally. why it's that way. Right. But to be able to say, yes, it is about that and there's oh, yeah. a lot of other things that got us here. I had a lady today that came in about trust, can't trust anybody, can't trust her husband, husband's tired of her not trusting all. I mean, literally, those were their words. And then we got into the fact that as a child, she was abused by her father. She was abandoned. Mm-hmm. She isn't attached. She feels no safety with mm-hmm. any close male. Mm-hmm. And it almost just surprised, just like shocked her husband. Mm-hmm. Like this was all new to her and new to him. And part of it was because they mm-hmm. had never been able to have the conversation of um, feeling secure enough to, to say what needed to be said and to hear it. Right. Huge. Barry, we're going to come back. We're talking to Barry Relaford uh, about trust. When you come back, I know Barry's got a million of million ways, ideas, tools, solutions, things to help us improve our own trust. If you've got issues you'd like to ask Barry about uh, how you can build trust in your life, give us a call, 801-422-0143. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. An independent inquiry has found a lack of proper leadership is what allowed insufficient security measures to be in place at the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, where four Americans were killed in September. Three top officials have now resigned. In response to the latest mass shooting, President Barack Obama has created a gun control task force to find ways to stop future tragedies. Headed by Vice President Joe Biden, the group should have recommendations by the end of January. The president is also focused on the fiscal cliff today, saying it's puzzling House Republicans have not yet accepted his plan. He says he has come at least halfway to meet their demands. Though the fiscal cliff remains a sore spot, Congress has been able to agree $640.7 billion will go to defense spending next year, despite a last-minute protest from Defense Secretary Leon Panetta to cut that number by $74 billion. General Motors has been given the approval to buy back $200 million of its own shares from the Treasury Department. The deal will likely leave the government with billions in losses from the auto industry bailout. Holiday travelers are dealing with tough weather conditions today and will be throughout the week as a powerful winter storm blows across the nation. Winter weather warnings are in effect for 16 states today. The winter winter weather here is becoming a travel hazard. In Russia, the cold has become deadly. A cold streak has dropped temperatures to what feels like 50 below, leaving 45 people frozen to death just in the last week. Park Won High has won the presidential race in South Korea, making her the first female president in the country's history. She is the daughter of, of a former president who helped transform the country after the Korean War. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, 
to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking trust with Barry Relaford here. Barry's the co-founder and master facilitator of Franklin Covey's Global Speed of Trust Practice. He's really just a great guy. And he gets, I mean, when you get somebody that knows this much about something this, like, essential, it's it's kind of liberating. That Because really, I don't know. I look at it and I think... After hearing literally today, four, I had four clients today before I came here. Four for four brought up trust. Four for four. Of the four, two are on the verge of divorce. Two are, you know, within the, within the red zone. Mm-hmm. And four for four, we're on a trust issue. And I would bet it's literally 90% of my clients. And it, it's not just, you know, infidelities. It's right. missed expectations. Sure. It's mismanaged expectations. So – Tell us, okay, so how do we go about building trust? Let's say we're out there, we're driving around, one of our, you know, we've blown it. We've made a mistake. How do we even begin to rebuild trust? In okay, our so lives? rebuilding is different than building. Okay, let's start. No, no, let's no. Start, but which I'm, is easier to start with? Building? Um, well, ideally, sure, because you're let's going like, there. oh, let's, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's like for any of us going like, oh, well, if I'm starting off in a relationship. It's all new. You hardly know me. Yeah, so that's, that's not that hard to start off with. We haven't had any opportunity to make withdrawals right, from our trust exactly. accounts. So um, when it comes to either direction, whether it's restoring trust, re- rebuilding trust, or building trust, it does start with us. Are we giving to the people around us someone they can have confidence in? Mm. Now, we don't control that about them. No. You know, We may be dealing with some really suspicious people. Right. It's not about us. It's about them. And yet... We got it. We're dealing with that. And if it's our boss or somebody that we need really, they're an important stakeholder in our lives, we still got to deal with that. But okay, but so, so what I get all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, but they're the one. I mean, they're the, I, I'm not the one that you, that I'll show you my cell phone, but he won't. So let's do a little game here. Yeah. You don't mind. No, so no. this is something I have okay. people do. So I pair people up and I say, all right, I'd like you to say three words back and forth. We're going to say the same three words to each other. We're going to take turns saying the same three words. These are the three words, Matt. You go first. 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 <laughs> you go first. You go first. You and your mother go first. No, no. Oh, I words added a word. Yeah. You, so it goes on. It goes on. And then I, and I, then what I'll do is have people walk. I'll, and I'll demonstrate this. I'll walk past. And the first time I walk past the other person, I don't even look at them. It's like I got places to go, people see, and you're not one of them. Yeah. So they're just Next playing time, the game. And they, they, they don't know what I'm doing. They, they'll like, walk by, kind of look at me. How long do we do this? Keep and going. Walk, we walk past each other again. The second time, I'll kind of glance at them. Third time, as they walk past, I'll kind of smile. And the fourth time, I'll slow down, stop, extend my hand, and say, hi, I'm Barry. And I'll go, oh, hi, I'm Matt. And we'll yeah. chat for a second, then we'll keep on going. And I'll ask the group, I'll say, so what did you notice between the first time and the second, or in the last time? And people say, oh, well, there was no interaction. And then there was this interaction. There was connection. And you slow down. And I'll say, these two things of you go first and then walking past may have seemed disconnected. They're really the same thing. I don't need to pair people up and have them say you go first back and forth for people to be really skilled at that already. Right. We are, you know, let's say you're my boss, and mm-hmm. I say, hey, Matt, I'll, I'll extend trust when you extend trust. Yeah, you first. You go first. No, you first. Or I'll restore trust when you restore trust, peer or yeah. spouse or child or whatever. You go first. And we're there already we skilled, go. but yeah. one of the things we know is that leaders go first. So when it comes to building trust, yeah. extending trust, restoring trust, it starts leaders with lead. us. Yeah, I got. I can't control these other people. Mm-mm. If I think I can, that's a problem. That is the problem. Yeah, huh? I think, oh, I'm going to control them. And when they change, then I'll change. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? I could be waiting forever. Yeah. And 
literally what happens when we change ourselves and we give to the person we're with, someone who is, trusts themselves more because they're doing what they know is right. right. They truly have integrity. Their intent is pure. They're trying to do what's right, particularly if they've behaved themselves into a bad situation. It's saying, well, how do you get out of it? You behave yourself out. Yeah. And what happens is it's a different relationship because they're literally dealing with a different person. This is not this crazy, blaming, right. reactive mind person. This is a more mature, settled uh, and genuinely sorry a lot of times, taking responsibility for how they contributed. And sometimes I didn't make the problem, but I did not do what I could have done earlier. Yeah, and, and it's it's in your hands. Mm-hmm. Stop this madness whenever mm-hmm. you want to. Isn't that interesting? You go first. That's such a mentality, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? You bet. And we're seeing, we're seeing in our government where yeah. you've got two parties who are mm-hmm. saying, well, when they give up their demands yeah. for this, then we can you know, look at them and you're going like, hey, guys. Which is no leadership. Yeah, Time as, to lead. As citizens, we're going like, hey, look, guys, yeah. can you just get your stuff together? Mm-hmm. Because we are all paying a price as a society. And we need, we need to have greater confidence. We need to give to our world, literally our planet, a country and a society that can have greater confidence in. Because we live here and it's costing us. Oh, yeah. In time and money. In all kinds of ways. So if somebody's crossed me, if mm-hmm. I'm in the relationship and somebody's hurt me, I can wait for them to to change or be trustworthy or I just – What froze over? Oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait for something to freeze yeah. or I just change. Now, what would I – where do I start to change if I were the perceived victim? Yeah, so somebody – let you down, Matt. Yeah. You know? And there's varying degrees. You know, literally, if you think about this idea of a trust account, yeah. that, you know, you're making withdrawals. If you're restoring trust, there was some balance of some sort. You know, yeah. it's harder to be upset with somebody. Goes, I have no relationship. And OK, they're just a jerk on the highway, whatever. Right, it's right. different when you're going like, oh, this is my spouse or this is somebody I work with closely. And, oh, they didn't deliver like they said they would. Is being able to look at, you know, the, the degree will make a difference. And what's, where's the withdrawal? Is it over, is it a character issue or a competence issue? Mm-hmm. Which do you think is harder to come back from? Uh, to come back from? Yes, if you have to restore trust in the issues around character versus competence. Oh, I think character's harder. Absolutely. Competence is, you can just, ah, okay. It depends. Yeah. I mean, it still, doesn't mean we're not yeah. frustrated they don't deliver on time or they don't have the right capabilities. You might say, oh, right. okay, I'll be smarter next time. Right. But when it's into, oh, you are out to get me. Your like intent is selfish. Yeah. Or we get into, you're dishonest. Yeah. Those are a lot harder. So the nature of the loss makes a difference. The importance of the relationship makes a difference. I may not care if my cashier at the gas station has a high trust relationship. Yeah, right. I just want to make sure that, hey, you know, they don't steal my, my right yeah, swipe my card or whatever. But if it's my spouse or my boss or somebody reports to me, that's a different thing, mm. my client. The third thing is the willingness of both parties to restore trust. So it's huge, huh? Yeah. And again, we want to say, well, you know, Matt, I, you know, I'll restore trust when you restore trust. It's going like, you know what? If I've let you down or you've let me down, it's still on me. And I may say, hey, come on. You're the one who made yeah. a mistake here. And you may think, hey, this is the person who's apologized to me being unaware that there was something you were doing that right. may have provoked this. Right. So instead, I could get into what – how do you see this issue? And, and have – I mean and start talking about how the other may have felt I was involved. Absolutely. And, and it can be a thing. So if somebody's let you down. And you say, hey, you may not be aware. Yeah. I'm, you know, and we can start at that place. And I'm like, oh, how can I deal with a person? Because often where our confidence gets shaken right. is that we go, hold it. I trust that person. They let me down. Down deep, we may not see it this way, but maybe I was unwise to trust them. Yeah. And we start to literally doubt ourselves at times. No, or totally. we go into suspicion yeah. and go like, ah. Oh, or we start to feel guilty because we realize that 
I have been neglecting mm-hmm. you or I have right. been I haven't been as engaged as I need to mm-hmm. be. So that's the, the true side. Them. Yeah, my sin, mm-hmm. my junk, my mm-hmm. problems. Right. And it's the thing where we're saying that what it does is when we can acknowledge our own stuff and go, huh, at a minimum, be able to share the stories like you may not be aware of this, but this has occurred from my perspective and being open to I'd like to understand, though, because here's kind of what this is leading me to be is at this place. Yeah. And this is not a place I think either of us want me to be at or for us to be at. Right. Because I'm tempted to do this. And it's like, I want to withdraw. I want to do that. That takes some higher That's form huge. of functioning. Well, interesting. And not that, emotion. But that is your character. So mm-hmm. do you have the character to go look that deep? Mm-hmm. And do you have the competency to do it in a way that's healthy and effective? Right. I mean, so it, that that is where you start. You start with your own guilt, maybe. Your mm-hmm. own, or not even guilt, but just your own contribution. Contribution is a great word. How did, how did, what did you do? And sometimes it's just neglect. Mm-hmm. It's just things that Oh man, this kid got way out of yeah. line, and because I didn't want to deal with it, I didn't want to make a big issue. But now it's an issue. Yeah. And then it's when we out. bring it up, it's like, oh, now it's a lot of work to get this person back on track. Love it. And we've contributed, even if it was thing like, well, I never told them they could, you know, yeah. stay out as late as they wanted, but I never told them what I really expected. Either. Well, you're, you're part of the system, mm-hmm. so you're still part of that web. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to own your part of the web, mm-hmm. then you can't own the benefits of being part of a web. <laughs> And they, they're, they're going to be quick often to see what your contribution was. Oh, yeah. They'll be glad to say, hey, well, you didn't do this, Dad, or yeah. whatever, and saying, I didn't. Yeah, and I'm all on that. And yet, That's huge. what we're really – I'm not saying that I don't have a responsibility, but I'm still concerned about how can we help you get what you're after, get the results. And this is affecting our ability to work together. Yeah. I don't need you to be trustworthy for me to be. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I can be trustworthy even if in the end of all of this you're still the offender mm-hmm. and you still remain offending and offensive. I don't have to be. No. And I don't have to take it. I don't have to react. Mm-hmm. I can always say bye. Mm-hmm. I just should say bye with trust, worthiness. And, and we need to be really clear because when we get into our closest relationships, those are the ones. You know, a lot of yeah. people here at the holidays are beginning together with family members oh, yeah. where there's in-laws and outlaws yeah. and hurt feelings and long histories of inherited and disinherited and all right. that. My family, like any family, you know, there's some level of dysfunction. And yet this ability to say, boy, I don't want to bail and go to the get out of this. You know, right. It's saying, how can we stay in the process and really be true ourselves through all this. That's, that's huge. It's tough. This is a hard, hard work. Well, this is worth it. This is why it's leadership, mm-hmm. really. It's an interesting leadership because it's still kind of um, – it's really trustworthiness or trust building is – it's a personal It's a personal skill set. So it's about me doing it with me. Mm-hmm. It's about me doing it with you. It's about me doing it as a manager, as an organizational leader, as a community member. With my neighbor. I mean, I'm using it on every level of kind of leadership, right? And yet, you know what, Matt? We're already doing it. Most people actually have a pretty decent level of trust. And yeah. I find this when I go and work in organizations. I thought we'd be dealing with two ends, either the really high trust ones who are just good trying to be great or they're very good trying to be great. And we deal with the toxic Avengers. Right. You know, it's just, yeah. oh, we tried everything else. Let's try trust. Right. You know, my experience is most of the places I get to work, the brands you mentioned, these are good places, good people. They're doing a great job. Their stakeholders have confidence in them. And they're, but they're not always thinking about it. They're not always aware. They're not conscious. And a lot of the work we do is to help equip people with, hey, because that's the thing I find about good stuff, like Dr. Right. Covey's stuff, is that you'd say, boy, I know it works already. I didn't know how to speak about it. I yeah. didn't know how to have a different conversation. And that's where training and these books and stuff we put it's together exactly just right. helps people Oh, yeah, I know it works. I just didn't know how to do it. How to do it in the moment, in the mm-hmm. space, with the energy, and not taking the bait of the simple story we've always followed. Mm-hmm. 
and the simple pattern we've always followed. Huge. Barry, that's cool. Uh, let's do this. I have an idea. I'm changing my mind. Let's have you – let's take a break okay. and we'll come back and then we'll – I want you to wrap up the show for us. But we'll talk a little bit more just about some more tools, some more ideas of building trust. Then what I want to do is have you tell a story. OK. Because Barry has really one of the coolest stories just about about some very, I think, um, historically trustworthy people. Great. Yeah, and uh, anyway, it's a really neat story. And um, – and also, I just want Barry to be here longer. So there. Uh, I'm the. It's my show. I'll do what I want to do. I uh, hope everybody's okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back with Barry Relliford, uh, the author of A Slice of Trust. If you would like uh, to talk to Barry, give us a call, 801-422-0143. Also, he'll give you a copy of his book. If you give us a call, ask us a question, Zero or 801-422-0143. We'll be back on The Matt Townsend Show right after this. Transforming dumb power lines into the smart grid of the future. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Everybody's talking about smart utility power grids, and you might already have one of the new intelligent power meters attached to your own home. These meters measure the power coming into your home, showing you how to conserve. They also report back to the power company in real time, which adjusts power levels to balance the load more efficiently. But an important part in between those two points was missing from smart grids. Until now. Electrical engineers at North Carolina State University are reinventing the local transformers that connect your home and neighborhood to the power grid. These new designs will be smart as well and understand and work with both AC and DC power at the same time. It might know from your meter when your electric car is charging and reroute unused power from the solar panels of a neighbor's home to balance the load. This could make your entire neighborhood more efficient and save more homeowners money on their utility bills. The idea is to make power grids send your juice the same way the internet distributes data. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. The Kennedy Center's Global Awareness Lecture invites international diplomats, scholars, and talented individuals to speak on issues affecting the global community. Increase your global awareness, enjoy the insights of extraordinary speakers, and keep up with the world around you by tuning into Notes from the Kennedy Center. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. You've been listening to us. Now we want to hear from you. Call in to BYU Radio and have your voice heard on one of our talk shows. Get answers from Julie Haynes, be part of the conversation on the morning show, or add your opinion to the afternoon show. Call BYU Radio at 801-422-0143. We'd love to hear from you. Here's the number one more time, in case you missed it. 801-422-0143. BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are uh, talking with Barry Relliford, who's an author 
and is the co-founder, master facilitator of Franklin Covey's Global Speed of Trust Practice. But uh, Barry, on top of it all, wrote his own book called A Slice of Trust. Now, fill us in on this, Barry, because it's it's just kind of – it just gets it done, right? It's just kind of – it's a quick teaching moment book. Yeah, so if you're familiar with fables, as they're often called, or yeah. parables, like Who Moved My Cheese or a lot of Ken Blanchard's books, it's that same format. My co-author, David Hutchins, has written a bunch of fables that are wonderful to take these very complex yeah. organizational topics and put them in a simple story. So we put this book together. It covers some of the same territory of a, the speed of trust, which is why we call it a Huge. slice of trust. Yeah. Because it's not – doesn't cover everything that speed of trust does. It really focuses on this idea of extending smart trust. How do you know who to trust and what should you consider when you're doing it? And it takes the story of Simon. Uh, he's this French uh, baker. Simple Simon. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Ooh la la. Yeah. And what it does is it looks – you know, people said simple Simon, simple was, Simon. was a pieman. Yeah. And the reason they called him simple is he trusted people. So this takes his story along with his father's – his oh, father passes away idea. and he tells how uh, his father's uh, partner, Sebastian, is actually a pretty suspicious guy. And through this story, we tell a story that we often tell in the speed of trust where these, these two get so busy yeah. producing. They're at a – you know, it's about 1600, but there's a big trade show going on. And, you know, it's Synergy 1600. And they're trying to get their uh, product out and they just get too much business. And so rather than make change for people, they put a change basket out and say to people, make your own change. And this is based on a true story Yeah, this from is New true. York. I remember yeah. hearing so this. They uh, go on and then people are like, huh. So they make their own change and then he goes on to show what happens when they take this idea. Sebastian thinks, oh, this is great. So he extends trust to everybody, which isn't the smart thing to do. Everybody take the money. (laughs) And so over time, this is really just a quick little read that helps people understand how do I extend trust. And the reason we put the book together is that while The Speed of Trust is a wonderful book, 384 pages or something, most people – won't read the whole thing. Oh, and some of the most powerful stuff is at the end about extending smart yeah, trust. Right. So we yeah. said, you know what? People will read this. And if you go look at our Amazon reviews, most people say, I was laughing out loud. Or yeah. people tell me all the time, oh, I was on the plane reading it when I came back from getting it. And I'm laughing. And people are looking at me like, what? Is that a business book you're reading? You're <laughs> laughing? Yeah. And part of this is that, you know, we packaged up something that people already know, but in a way that's useful. And the end of the book, last chapter, is really, how do you do this? What do you do about it? And that's the deal. You need it accessible, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get it in the head, and that's and it gets it in the heart. And laughing can't hurt, right? No, not at all. What uh, if they want the book? Where can they get it? Amazon's the simplest place to get it, uh, or you can get it from our publisher's website, which is Gibbs Smith. But if you just look up a slice of trust, it's, so it's just a simple little book. It's a quick read. Most people, it's an hour to ninety minutes. Yeah. And again, it's a fun kick, and it's a great gift book. Is what we yeah find. it is. People will give it out, and we're hoping that. People who have a number of people on their team or organization would want to order a lot of copies. And well, our, that's and what it would be great for is yeah. giving it to leaders in your business, mm-hmm. in your organization. It's the leadership secret with the hot and fruity filling. That's right. <laughs> there's not many of those. No, there's know? not. No, so. You'd think you wouldn't even dare say that that's on your right. book. So. Um, but fill me – okay. Uh, do this. We've got two things I have to have you do, Barry, because okay. nobody knows how, quite, how great this is going to be but me. What's the one point? So if there's one key to trust – uh, teach us that for a few okay. minutes. Then I know you have a really powerful story okay. about Roy Rogers. Great. Yeah, and I, uh, I want to hear it. We'll wrap up the Great. show with that. So the one thing, Matt, is literally this seems so counterintuitive to people. But if you want to have more trust in your relationships, in your work, in your life, trust. Yeah. 
which seems so counter. What, what so do you mean if, trust? Like, no. If you want less risk, risk. Right. That's exactly. And by the way, trust is a lot about risk. It is. But totally. it's smart trust. We're mm-hmm. not saying go blindly trust yeah, don't people. Get, yeah, take don't get advantage fool. of. But literally extend trust. Go to the edge and be able to say, huh. And it could be with a child who has misbehaved or is irresponsible. Yeah. And you say, you know what? If I continue to treat them that way, they won't change. Not in our relationship. Right. But if I treat them as responsible, I still extend trust, but I may be a little less than I did before. And and we may need to have a conversation about what are the boundaries that we're talking about here and to affirm my intent that says, hey, I really want to have confidence in you. I want you to have confidence in me. This is really important to us. Yeah. And to be able to talk, here's the boundaries. Let's talk about this because I want you to have this much trust. And people say, well, you don't trust me. It's like, Based on our experience, I, I could choose not to do that, but I still do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And you don't have to do it blindly. No, I mean, you could even set some boundaries or some rules you and must. some limits and things like that. And if we do it blindly, then we – I mean that's not trust. Well, it is. It's called blind trust. Blind trust. It's, it's kind foolishness. Of trust, right. Or gullibility. Right. And then we look at the extreme – and that's what we teach kids, stranger danger. Yeah. But the problem is if you grow up in a world like that. Or the world, everything's a stranger danger. It's not a very great world to live in. It's huge. So. Okay, so tell, tell me this. Okay. Great point. And by the way, go check out Slice of Trust. If you want a copy of uh, the book Slice of Trust, give us a call. 801-422-0143. We'll give away a few books signed by Mr. Barry, Barry Relaford. Um, but let's talk about a good world where mm-hmm. you grew up. Great. Roy Rogers. So – my, uh, I grew up in Southern California, a little town called Chatsworth, which is in the San Fernando Valley. The reason we lived there is that my dad was a motion picture actor. So he was a stuntman in Hollywood and then later got really before the camera. Usually he's a bad guy. He's yeah. A, well, they of call course. Heavy. Hello, he's a Relaford. Yeah, there you go. Runs in the family, <laughs> you know. If you go up to imdb.com, yeah. the Internet Movie Database, look up Black Jack O'Shea. That's Black my dad. Jack O'Shea That's was my dad. your dad's That's name. That's right. That's his stage name. So That's they called cool. him the man you love to hate long before JR. <laughs> well... My mom was actually the secretary and probably got this job through dad for Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. How cool is that? And hopefully some of our listeners will remember them. But back in the 1950s, they were actually the number one box office draw for Westerns, bigger than John Wayne. They had their own TV show, uh, tons of merchandising as kids. We grew up with all kinds of Roy Rogers products. Trigger. Was that their name? Trigger was 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 Roy's horse. And Buttercup was uh, Dale's horse. They had a Pat Brady was a good friend of our family. Had this Jeep named Nellie Bell. Oh, my heavens. But they were wonderful people. And this story that you want me to share, Matt, comes out of, uh, and it happened long before I was born, but uh, Roy and Dale had a lot of tragedy in their lives. Uh, Roy's first wife died. Uh, Dale was married actually at age 14. Oh, She's wow. from Uvalde, Texas. Her original name was Frances Octavia Smith. She changed it to uh, Dale Evans. And Roy's uh, original name was Leonard Sly from Duck Run, Ohio. He changed it to Roy Rogers, yeah, King of the Cowboys. Roy Rogers works better. It works a lot better. You know, branding <laughs> kind of thing. Sly. Black Jack O'Shea, you know. That's you know, right. kind of. Well, uh, they had performed together in movies. Uh, Dale's husband had divorced her, and she raised her son, who was born when she was 15, as her um, – it, it kind of – to the showbiz people told, called her – called him her brother because mm. it was scandalous back then. It would be scandalous yeah. today. Well, when they got married, they had one child together, and they had adopted, they adopted three children. They had one child together. Her name was Robin. And when Robin was born, she was born with, back in the 50s, what they called mongoloidism. Yeah. Today would be known as um, probably some form of Down syndrome. Yeah. She died when she was two years old, and she wasn't expected to live that long. Uh. But Dale uh, wrote a book about Robin's life called Angel Unaware which is still in print, which is a marvelous thing for a book, gosh, 70 yeah. years later. It's the wonderful story of 
uh, Robin's report to God of her life in 80 pages. It's a first-person account as if her mom wrote it in 10 days after uh, Robin died and told that story. This story, this little girl had a profound effect, uh, not just on her family, but, but on a lot of people, but particularly on her dad, Roy Rogers. Roy was not very public about his beliefs. Dale was much more outgoing, and I think Roy was just as devoted. He just wasn't as public. Dale wrote several books about her beliefs, etc. So this story, this part of the story I want to share here is about a live performance that Roy gave at Madison Square Garden in uh, New York City. And at the time, that was the arena. No, that, that was, was the place. That's, you're we there. have all you're these arenas and stuff we have today. Yeah. So uh, as Roy was there, he's performing on Trigger, the smartest horse in the movies that you <laughs> mentioned. And as he uh, was out there riding around, it's not going very well, Frank. It's one of those performances. We've all been there. We've yeah. been like, oh, this isn't working. A horse act in New York. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so there's a woman who's uh, sitting in her furs at the time, uh, is overheard say- saying, oh, why on earth is that cowboy here? Just then, this little girl walks out of the audience, and it's the 50s. Maybe she's had polio or something, but she's wearing braces on uh. her legs, and she's got kind of these braces on her arms, and she's kind of almost staggering out there, walking out. She walks right onto the arena. You know, there's a sawdust yeah. on the floor. Nobody stops her, and people are kind of murmuring, what's, what's this? It's part of the show. And Roy notices her, and he gets off trigger and starts to talk to her. He gets down on one knee. They begin to chat. And he's got some kind of remote microphone on, and you can't hear much. You hear people saying, well, what's, what's this, what is this about? What's Why are they doing on? this? What's going on? And as uh, they're talking, uh, you hear a word or two, and then you hear this little girl. She throws her arms around Roy's neck and says, I just love you, Roy. Just then, a man who's sitting next to the woman in the first turns to her and says, I don't know why on earth that cowboy's here, but I do know why he's on earth. Oh, interesting. Isn't that powerful? Literally, Matt, whatever, people have a purpose. Yeah. There's a reason we're here. Yeah. I believe there's a pe- reason people are on the earth, where they are, when they are. Yeah. Um, we have a work to do. It's a great work. And whatever that is for our listeners, you need to be able to have confidence. You need to be able That's to trust right. that you have a work to do. And you can't get that work done without trust. You've got to be able to trust yourself. You've got to be able to trust the people around you. They've got to be able to trust you. We can't control no. any of that except our own responses and what we can do to ensure that there's trust. But uh, finding out why we're on earth, it's a wonderful thing. That's a great Huge. work. Uh, Barry Relaford, good work, my friend. It's great confidence. to be here. I have confidence in you. I have confidence in sunshine. But, you know. <laughs> don't start. Oh, don't start. Don't okay, sing okay, it. Don't, don't sing, sing it. it. Yeah. If you want Barry's book, uh, it's called A Slice of Trust. Check it out on Amazon.com. We're going to leave you now with uh, Dell Evans, Roy Rogers' famous song, Happy Trails. Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling cares about the clouds when we're together just sing a song and bring the sunny weather happy trails to you 